The RPG Show presents A Fate Core Campaign Can a balance be struck between science and mysticism? What truly lies in the impenetrable space between the specks of light in the sky? Can three unsuspecting heroes stem the tide of impending evil? Will light find a way to fight back the cold, threatening darkness of space? Find out on this episode of The Dramada Adventures. Hi, and welcome to The RPG Show Presents. This is a spinoff show of The RPG Show, and it's kind of like an anthology real play show where we play different systems, and you just listen to us play and be dumb and goofy and corny and cheesy and all that. But with me today, I have the party of perfect pugilists and a lady. First up, we have Nick Right, right Hook Gantner. <laughs> and then Dan Southpaw Jordan. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then Marcus, the lady, Perez. Hey, guys. All right. Uh, no, I'm not a lady. Yeah, yes. Don't listen to him. Um, well, uh, we are playing Fate. And, uh, basically, last time what happened was our guys, they went to the surface of the well, that was the episode before last, but last episode, our guys met the mysterious Spectre, and she offered them uh, essentially anything they wanted in return for helping her on this grand mission or quest she had. She asked them what they knew of uh, Dromeda before it was Dromeda, so before the, the large city was built across the entire planet, and um, told them that uh, she was going to tell them a little about the 12 great evils, and that's um, where we're starting off today. Do my players have any questions before I get going? Nope. All right, everybody got their notes, I hope. Character sheets, I got all that shit up. I don't want to smack yeah. All right. Okay, so just to sort of describe the room we're in, we are in a... Oh, there's like four walls, of course. It looks like what would have been a lab or some sort of uh, small fabrication room. Um with you know high ceiling sort of raft exposed rafters that kind of thing uh on one wall there's about a hundred different displays there is um you know showing all sorts of information there's a absurd number of uh input apparatuses attached to it some that are completely alien to our resident uh scientist and like something looks like a weird cap and then there's like these glove things and your typical keyboards and all this there's all kinds of uh, stuff over there um, then it uh, just around that it's kind of sparse lots of um, physical media pile it up around a and then in the center a central table uh, sort of like a six chair kind of setup um, and the person talking uh, is a woman uh, pretty attractive long uh, brown hair uh, wearing just basic clothing but she is in a sort of powered mechanized wheelchair um on the table rests a tome of sorts um the exterior looks um somewhere between think like a turtle scale and tree bark where it's got lots of grooves in it it's sort of like a leathery um fleshy white color uh bound and then there are symbols all over it and then to her left sits um, Jason, would you mind to describe your character for us, Nick? Um, sure. I'm a, like, fairly tall, <laughs> fairly tall guy. Um, I've got long brown hair. It's tied in a ponytail. Okay. Uh, typically wear just kind of plain clothes, but it's more darker colors, like dark gray, black, uh, to make it easier to blend into the shadows and whatever. Okay. Uh, and I have a cloak on that I will sometimes use to cover my head. I've also got uh, like an accoutrement of like daggers and knives um, on my waistband. And that's about it, I guess. Okay. And then so across the table from our speaker is uh, 
our pilot, Daniel, mind describing your character to the people at home, Daniel? Uh, my guy is uh, average height, slightly above average height, very well muscled, uh, wearing a pair of sunglasses and a ball cap, uh, really short black hair and a black beard. Okay. Um, and then to the right side of our speaker would be uh, Maylor Satan, Mr. Satan. Mind describing your character to our listeners, Marcus? But of course. Uh, well... I'm about the same height as these other guys. You know, we're all pretty average. I'm very thin um, with my white, uh, you know, like lab coat and just, uh, you know, regular black pants. Average looking scientist with uh, crazy black and like grayish streaks in my hair. Okay. Kind of going everywhere. All right. Awesome. All right. So essentially what you have brought me, gentlemen is a codex of sorts. Um, Long ago, like I mentioned, on the surface of what was then Dragul, um, there were a collection of people that began to tamper with reality in a dark and sinister manner. What Their real names have been lost to history. All we know or the titles that they left, and the presences that, um, and the effects they had on the world. Uh, she says, and the twelve verse follows. Now pay close attention, this is very important. You have the Obsidian Adherent, the Devourer of Souls, the Supreme Sanguinous, the Absence of Self, the Twisted Temptress, the Bone Dragon Cognito, the Prince and Burnt Ivory, the Serpent of Azarus, Avarice, sorry, the Orator of Hysteria, the Saint of the Last Order, the King Behemoth, and the King in the Golden Palace. Um, I'll send the players a doc with those those uh, titles in them so they can have them for their reference for their notes if I move too fast. Now, these entities wrought chaos and destruction on our system until I mean what this do you mean entities these at this point they had transcended what we would consider um, physical bounds of life you have to understand these people touch something so dark so raw so powerful that it it morphed their very essences and they embodied they're essentially the 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 source that they use to shape the world around them and this went on for for generations people lived in fear um they they hid i mean it was it was terrifying until the people known as the celestial keepers begin to fight back um the celestial keepers came and managed to fight back this evil and lock them away. And the reason I have contacted you now is I feel that after this, this, all these millennia, these great evils have started to reemerge into present being through various means. One of which um, are are these or artifacts or, or pieces of power that they left behind before they were banished. And I'm worried that if these things rot, fall into the wrong hands, you can see how that would be incredibly destructive. <clears throat> so we have to find a way to stop this. I'm curious, how did you come to find out about these beings? Well, Maylor, you should know, um, as much as, as many people at this table... I have access to any connected data device on the planet. So any information, any um, religious texts, any speculations, any um, anything that has been gained or kept through the years, I have access to all of it. And I slowly pieced this together. None of this was collected in one place, but I started to see these reoccurring themes, backgrounds to religions, um, the, the things that certain cults followed, and... 
I pieced together this history. Now, my information is incomplete. There are still, you know, stuff recorded in physical mediums, some of which may be in this codex. Um, there are uh, physical storage houses um, in some of the remaining uh, guild towers that were never digitized that I, I think maybe more information could be in. And I have, I have pulled information from everything from, you know, recent news reports to um, scans of ancient texts and writings that existed on the surface long before the, the construction of Dromeda began. Now, this is where we come in, finding your uh, last little strands of information here. Yes. There's much to be done, in fact. Um, first and foremost is running tests on what we have, uh, discerning the source of the energy, some of which I may uh, consult your expertise uh, Mr. Satan. And of course I would like to get my hands on more information from, from the various locations, maybe even hunt down some of these relics that have been left behind to keep them out of wrong hands. And allegedly, um, there are still pieces and things left over from the celestial keepers as well, that if we could get our hands on could help us potentially with this threat. And to be honest, the reason I called you three is I needed neutral agents, so people that weren't affiliated with a guild or an organization or had loose ties, but generally neutral agents, and people that were the top of their field. So it, it, that's why I ask you three for your help. Uh, I don't appreciate the flattery. I am asking I you right I now. I mean, I do what I do what I do. I mean, I'm asking you right now. Okay. I must have misheard you. I'm not telling you to do this. We are, I, I told you I would give you anything you wanted if you helped yep. me with this. Hey, I told you, as long as it pays right, I know. The pay is whatever you want it to be. We're talking about life Information and... Information is most valuable to me. We're talking about something of cataclysmic proportions here, but if you're concerned with currency, then I will certainly acquire you currency. Yeah, you all think it too little, like, but anyway, so where, where do we begin? That, that's really up to you. I have, um, here, one I have gathered, I have multiple points of interest and I leave it up to the three of you to decide, um, where you'd like to go first. Um, but you know, um, like I said, I'll leave it up to you. We will maintain in contact with me here at um, this headquarters, this will be our base of operations, um, for the time being. So, um, why don't you guys get some rest? Um, finish dinner. Uh, the mess hall is the next floor up. You can take the lift, um, help yourself to the full kitchen instead of just what I had around here. Um, there's also a bar and entertainment area, whatever you'd like. Um, and then we will gather in the morning and discuss where you guys intend to proceed to. And uh, she sort of wheels away from the um, the table, sort of still shooting backwards glances at the book, and um, sort of wheels up to her mass control hub and begins sort of fidgeting and watching and pulling up video streams and closing and listening to things and doing all of her spectery things. Well, boys, uh, guess we'll take her advice. Get some, get something to eat. I make my way out of the room towards the uh, food area. Uh, I'm curious why there's a mess hall here. Is there are there more than people than her here? Um, this is what appears to be. She is commandeered like an entire like if you think of a building, um, in this ginormous city that would go through all the layers of the city. Like imagine if there was one that didn't have any exterior, like, exits to the exterior except the one you brought your ship in. And that's sort of what she managed to acquire somehow. Who knows? Oh, okay. So it's actually a very large interior structure that sort of seems cut off from the rest of the city. Like, unless you knew how to get down in that hangar, you wouldn't know this was there. Gotcha. Think uh, think, uh, uh, Sirius Black's house. Without the magic. Well, it's still kind of magic. You have yeah. to, like, know the precise coordinates to get through the little flip-a-doo thing, get in. But mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, I'll follow Satan to the lift. Mm-hmm. What about you, Dana? You got the elevator open for you. I'm coming in. I'm okay. right behind you. I just there's not a whole lot I can contribute to this conversation right now. <laughs> you can ask like you can ask questions. You can talk amongst yourself. Like um, you can get whatever. So what do you, you guys need. think? Do you think this is legit? I think it's legit. I mean, she doesn't seem like she's gonna lie about much. Regardless if it's legit or not, we are in the like we're in her in her confines, and she doesn't seem like somebody who would be willing to let too many people in here. And she's not stupid. I think there's no. something we're not. Yep. Oh, that she's not telling us. Yeah, I think she there's, knows more. There's always there's, everybody knows more. There's always a everybody knows more. We're not being told stuff. Like at this point, we are like the foot soldiers, and she's the general, or whatever. And there's always shit we don't need to know. And does it really matter? I wouldn't well, think it really matters. No. I mean, you can go back and ask her all, all the questions you want, but like, I don't need to know why I need to go grab something when it's beyond my realm of comprehension anyway. That's just the way I look at it. Hey, as long as I get paid in the end. Okay. Uh, you get to the next level, the lift opens, and you emerge into what you would imagine to be like a cafeteria in almost a, like a barracks cafeteria with multiple tables um, with sort of there's um, except like there's no cafeteria line to the sign. Like it's a line of cabinets with cooking utensils and the such. Um, there's even sort of what appears to be a bar on the other side with um, an adjoining room that has two sets of double doors that opens up into what, like she said, an entertainment area with lots of sort of lounging space. There are view screens. There's, you know, whatever space bar game you want to think of is probably in there. Uh, I'm immediately going to get a drink. Okay. So this is a do-it-yourself kind of a calf here. Mm Mm-hmm. So I go look for um, some kind of pots and uh, some ingredients to make All right. a stew. Alright, well you find uh, whatever there's like uh, in the refrigeration uh, cubby there's, you know, various uh, freeze-dried meats so, you know, your your poultry, your various game um, some, some exotic, some, you know, typical domestic raised kind of stuff and uh you know your whatever vegetables and starches you want you guys like chicken hell yeah all right uh chicken's fine all right all right chicken stew it is so Miller begins cooking chicken stew um at the bar there is the um arrangement of selection is actually pretty sparse compared to um the rest of the kitchen there's um basically only like bottom tier grade um, alcohols of your varying types. Uh, there are a few nice uh, wines, however, and uh, some very uh, typical sort of uh, dromedon ales and such. Well, I guess I'll have a beer. Okay. Is there a water tap anywhere? There's 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 a a water tap. I'll just get some water. Okay. Is there any lemons? I'll put lemons in it. Sure, you can find some lemons. So everyone sits down for a meal. Well, he's not... Is he done cooking already? He said uh, there was bar games, right. right? Yeah, sure. There's bar games. All right, I'm going to play some games while I'm waiting. All right. What game are you playing? Um, I'm playing a game that's played similar to what we would know as pinball. Okay. How does it play? God damn it. <laughs> All right, so there's a... There's a machine that's uh, on a tilt, so obviously it's using gravity to trigger objects coming down. Um, there are multiple spheres that get propelled through the uh, machinery, but there are also like gravity wells built inside that manipulate the way that the balls travel. Uh, so it's kind of like a mix between a pachinko machine and, and a pinball machine. Okay. Where like. So the spheres are coming down, and they're hitting the gravity wells, and they're being bumped somewhere else, and you've got to keep track of it. But there's, there's so many balls coming in at one time that 
uh, it's kind of a, a, a bit much to keep track of, but you've got to use the flippers to keep them all up, and as soon as one falls down, you lose. Okay. So you play this game for a while. Uh, Dano, what are you doing while uh, Mailer's cooking? Well, I'm going to sit down with my feet up. Uh, I'm guessing there's some sort of television that connects to Intergalactic News. Sure. I'm going to put my feet up with my beer and try to catch up on current events and see if our uh, little adventure in the bar made the news it most certainly did not uh most of the the news is news channels are sponsored by some sort of one of the groups struggling for trouble so almost all news is propaganda of some sort of the other where they're like everything was wonderful in the crow district today like that kind of shit like you're not getting real down-to-earth information from the news gotcha any uh, cartoons on Certainly not. No cartoons. There's likely no nothing of uh, real entertainment value on it this time of the day. I'm going to take a DVR. I'm going to take a little cat nap then. Okay. And right when he closes his eyes, I wake him up because food is done. All right. So food's done. Finished yeah, his stew. Uh, Mailer's actually a surprisingly good cook. Uh, has made a decent stew, um, and you guys sit around and eat stew. Well, I mean, I can imagine scientists would know how to cook decently well with the way chemicals work together. Mm-hmm. Exactly, it's science. But he's a mad scientist. But he's a oh, you guys like extremely hot food. Oh, Jesus! He could have put oranges in there for all you know. Hey, if it tastes all right, then I'm not complaining. Okay, so everyone sits around awkwardly quiet. Well, Why does it taste like old potatoes? Hey, man, I didn't, I didn't provide the ingredients. Good call. But you chose them though, so you should have. Chose something that wasn't old. Well, I guess you're gonna have to suck it up, dainty one. So, where do you think we should head first? I don't know. Let's look at these files of uh, of the little. I don't think they've presented us with the points of interest yet. Oh, didn't she? Oh, no, you didn't ask. (laughs) Oh yeah, we like rushed out of the room. Mm -hmm. See you, bitch. Technically, though, she left us and went to her screens and do whatever the hell she wanted to do. So I assumed she was dismissing us. Because she said we would talk about it in the morning. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, so like yeah. I said, could we have some preliminary information to review tonight to make a decision based on the morning? Uh, I'd like to ask more questions about blah, blah, blah. These are all things you could have done. Oh, well. That's you fine. guys want to look around this space a little bit? See what we have access to? What else is here other than this little rec room? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. Alright, so you explore the... You intend to explore the the compound. All right, so essentially each room has the only way out. Like, so there's rooms that are all adjoining on a floor, but the only way to traverse between floors is the lift. There's no stairwell, nothing like that. It seems like a safety hazard. Um, Except for the main occupant is in a wheelchair, so what good stairs would do her? I was going to say, stairs would be more safety hazard than a lift. So, um, what if there's a fire? It's not like she's going to go up the stairs anyway. She's, she's doomed. This is the future. They have better firefighting techniques than we do. I don't know, man. Come on. Everything's not flammable. Everything's not flammable. That's exactly right. All right. So, there are 10 floors to this compound, uh, with the top floor being the hangar that you came from and the bottom floor being her, her lab, essentially. You are currently on the um, second floor. Okay, I'm going to go down a floor. Okay. You... Wait, so are the floors numbered from top is one, bottom is ten? Top is ten, bottom is one. Okay. And what floor was she on again? Because we like left. She was she on was... one. Okay. Oh, she, she was way turn. at the bottom. Okay. Yeah, she's okay. at the bottom. Okay. I thought you said she was at top. No. Okay. Apologies. Well, then we're going to go up to three. Ding! All right. So you go up to three. The third floor is a gym. Cool. Um, Seems kind of ironic. But, like, it is, um, there is no real, like, you don't see any treadmills. There's plenty of uh, weightlifting equipment. You see a um, a small pool, like a narrow one-lane sort of um, pool that has been emptied. Uh, there are uh, various, you know, like I said, weights, pulley, machines, that kind of stuff. I don't think this room gets much use. 
No, the lights are off. Everything looks pretty dusty. Is it functional? You can certainly. I mean, I wish weights are always functional. There's no other like electronic weightlifting equipment. Uh, there's a few sort of like, like rowing machines, but they're all mechanical. There's no nothing electronic. Is there a switch to fill the swimming pool? Mm, not that's apparent to you. Is there a light switch so we can actually see what's in the room? Yeah, I I would assume when you open the lift, like like it it sort of flickers on and kind of comes to life. Gotcha. A little bit. Is there any kind of um way for me to like communicate with uh, Spectre here? Yeah, by going to floor one and talking to her. I mean, from here. Oh, like, from there. That, like page or something. Um, combat. No, there's no com button. There is a, uh, you can see overhead, like in the ceiling above the rafters, there is some sort of like comms device to com- like for other floors to communicate across a loudspeaker, but you don't see any, any sort of communication device in this room. Okay. Well, you guys going to keep exploring this place? Oh yeah. I'm going to head to floor Good four. Up. All right. Floor four is, um, what appears to be storage. Lots of crates. I open a crate close to the elevator. It has supplies like uh, like there's clothes in there. Oh, that's that's kind of a letdown. Yeah. Well, nothing too interesting here. Let's move on. Well, I mean, there's lots of crates. We could spend all night opening all the crates and examining and taking inventory. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Can we roll on our box opening abilities? No. Oh, okay. No, I mean, if you if you spend some time looking around, there are some crates that appear to be more more important than others. But um, in general, it appears to be like what would be supplies for a small like, uh, you know, group of people like anywhere to support a, a group of people in here for like about a dozen people for an extended period of time. So, you know, um, like I said, clothes, uh, dry goods, dry rations. Dry rations, um, water. Um, you do find some munitions, but nothing extravagant, nothing better than what you have. So, like your basic um, hand weaponry. So, a few blades, a couple, um, a couple pistols, like hunting rifles, kind of thing. Yeah, like nothing, nothing uh, extravagant. Yeah. Next floor. The next floor. Uh, so this is floor five. You open it up and is what appears almost like a trophy room. So there are lining the walls, what appear to be containment um, vessels. So um, some of which have sort of glass fronts. The three against the back wall are pure metal, have designated numbers on them. Everything is turned off in this room though. There's nothing currently activated um, with a few sort of uh, what would be pedestals in the center of the room as well. This one really interests me. I'm going to go and look at some of these. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, Do they have any kind of like a port that I can like plug into? Or, like turn them on? Um, there are there are ways to turn on these devices. Um, so if you look at the room, okay, there are along each wall three sort of seven foot tall um, half cylindrical sort of um, glass encasements on each to the left and the right wall from the lift. On the um, back wall, there are also three. Uh, well, they're less cylindrical, more like uh, rectangular pillars extending from the wall. Everything sort of has a weird designation to it. These obviously have some sort of um, refrigeration slash slash like a fluid pumping system in it but it, it's hard to tell what it's intended for um and in the center like i said there are what appear to be like y-shaped racks extending like they come they come down from the ceiling and then at the bottom they curve sort of forward to left and right um with bars sort of out Okay, just, I'm gonna approach those uh, those racks in the middle. Are they like they're like levers or anything like that? You can't pull on them. They they appear to be used for some sort of support. So whatever it's supporting, it's supporting on the left and right at about five feet from the floor. I want to take a closer look at that. Then it's a it's a metal bar. I mean, like the thing that it's supporting. There's nothing. It's nothing. There's nothing in it. There's nothing in any uh, of these cases. Oh, it's supposed to. Oh, okay, I get it. 
Yeah. It's a little bar. Yeah, like there's nothing there's it in none of these cases or anything. Um there are labeled, but uh like I said, there's no nothing actually in the cases. Hmm. I wonder what goes in here. So what do labels say? Okay. So what would you uh so the, the things that are labeled um, the glass cases to the left and right of the room, they each have like a, a plaque on them and the, uh, the vessels against the wall are, are purely numbered. So there's no, um, information on those. But if you look up to the plaques, um, on the glass cases, they all appear to have a name on them. The first one is Arturios. Then you have Percy, Gwyneth, Galahad. Merlinda and Lancelot. Lancelot. Wow. Interesting name there. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take note of all these names. Okay. I'm gonna question her about these later. Okay. Is there a is there a stone in this room anywhere with a sword in? No. Or a, not that one, but a lake with a no with a, a lady. No. No. There's no lady in the lake. Alright, well, on to the sixth floor then. Okay. Uh, the sixth floor is, um, like your, like if you open into the room or the floor, it's sort of lined with uh, what are obviously shower rooms. This is sort of like your, there's like a row of like lockers in the center and then the exterior of the room is sort of lined with individual showers. It's a shower room Mm. with, with in the, each of the corners there are of course, um, Sanitation stations. John's? Mm-hmm. Well, I need to use a sanitation station, I think. Okay, so you go use the sanitation station. Is it nice? Just in case you get yourself a little bloody, you can clean it up there. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Jace. Oh, got it. Oh. The, you know, the hemophobe thing. Got it. All right. Uh, yeah, that's a great idea. All right. What's the next floor? Seven? Eight? Seven. Seven. Seven is the barracks. This is where um, there are what appear like. So if you go into the room, like there's a central area with a um, small table. And then like think of like the couches in like hotel lobbies where the the backs kind of come to each other and there's seating on both sides. Um, And around the edge are um, doors to rooms. Now, if you open the doors, they are like small hotel rooms in each in each one. So there's like a small, like a small sanitation set, uh, station in each room, a bed, a dresser of a, a viewport, um, in each room essentially. Um, and there are about a dozen of these. Well, I guess I know where we're sleeping. I right? sit on the bed. It's, it's not that comfortable. Uh, we'll have to talk yeah, to about that. Um, if you go up to the eighth floor, um, this appears to be more storage, um, but this is more mechanical storage. So there are a lot of, uh, like electronic parts, um, ship parts, uh, so on and so forth. And then the floor just below the hangar on floor nine is obviously some sort of mechanic engineering bay with lots of large machinery, um, rows of tools and that kind of thing. Cool. So it's pretty much, uh, Everything a uh it's a big self sustaining base. Yeah, pretty much. I think oh. it's time to uh or should we should we talk to her before we head to bed or just I think that's probably a good idea. Maybe get some light reading material. Alright, so back down to the first floor. Okay. Uh you re enter the first floor. She's still at her station doing her, her Spectre thing. Hey, uh could we get um a dossier on your uh points of interest there? Uh, what sort of information are you looking for in your dossier? Oh, where we're going for starters. Uh, All right, what so we need to inquire. Okay, I will upload a small or wow, um, a selection of points of interest to your your handheld device here shortly, and then you get a little notification on your um on your wrist device. How many points of interest are there? Uh, about a dozen. Yeah, this everything's in twelve. No, not really. It just like there's there's more than a handful. So um there are 
we'll say about 10, um, 10 points of interest on the, uh, on the readout. All right. I opened them up to see if anything looks familiar. Okay. Um, most of them are just labeled with coordinates. A few of them, uh, you recognize, let me get a piece of paper. So write this down. Me too. Okay. So you have 10 points of interest. All right. Um, one of which is back on Terra. So back below the plate onto the surface. Um, but it's on the other side of the planet. Nope. So, um, second point of interest is uh sort of on the set one of the south quadrants of drex drex's territory um it appears to be what remains of one of the guild towers okay. the third one um it 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 isn't this is the one one of the ones that does not have a coordinate but it has um a name and Daniel would recommend recognize this name as um, one of the key players in the um, the Sons of Dromeda. And that name is uh, Randolph Man. That two ends. Yeah. Randolph. Randolph Man. Okay. The fourth one um, is also. Clear on the other side of the planet, uh, in a in one of the districts on the other side of the planet. Most of you um, haven't dealt with the people controlling territories over there, because um, the side kind of where you guys are at is there's um, like there's a lot of basic city with some industry and stuff parsed out, but there are large swaths of the city that are like tiered industrial and tiered sort of um farmland but it's, it's still city so think of um like if any of you played guild wars think of what a fucking plane looked like on a guild wars uh mana so like layered buildings with with greenery on top um also like the same for, goes for slag and stuff in the um, industrial areas. And you are not familiar with who is currently controlling those buildings. A lot of uh, the, um, what would you say? Like the farming and raising of food and stuff has continued without, because there's still going to be buyers for that, without the guild sort of running things there. It's become more um, sort of like a family business, free, free economy, if you will. Um, where, you know, they charge what people will pay for it, essentially. And But the industrial district has really slowed up a lot of the um, making, like stuff that the guilds would have used to make their forces, their ships, so a lot of metal production, all that stuff has ceased um, since the fall of the guilds. So it's a lot of large open factories. A few of them are running with, you know, bare-bones crew for... Um, people that have wrested enough control and funds to try and fire one up to try and start making weaponry and ships, but nothing on the scale as it was before. So, um, one of them would be smack dab sort of in the industrial quarter and one in the farming quarter. So is that four and five? Four and five. And one in the farming quarter? Yep. Um, one is, um, it has a coordinate to it, Dan, but it appears to be out in the middle of nowhere. Like, so it's not a, it's not next to a planet or any sort of. It's in the middle of space. In the middle of space. Not um, still within our system, though. Right? Within our system, not further out than say the farthest planet, but it's mm -hmm. it's in a weird place. So like, uh, it would be. Right now, so if the coordinates are current right now, it would be on the opposite side of Sol from like our current orbital patterns. You follow me? Yeah. Yeah. Seven is um. Oh, that's not the right book. I got so many notes and so many. I really need to consolidate these notes. <laughs> It's because, like, my brain will stop working, and I'll be like, ah, oh, write this down here. 
All right. One is on the surface of Titus with coordinates attached. Eight is on the surface of Fiza. Nine and ten are on Choria. And that's that's what she has now. She obviously said she was working on more. All right, so this is all the information we have to go along with them. What you just gave us? Uh, yes, yeah, she like uh, you would have to talk to. This is sort of um, the destinations. Um, with I mean, you could of course inquire for um, for more data, but assumingly um, she will tell you sort of what you're after at each of those locations when you really sit down to decide um, where you want to go next. But this is sort of like the this like this would be a map of the points of interest that so you could say um, like I really have no interest in thinking about that now. Like so I, I gave you the coordinates for Terra. Um, so Maylor and Jason would be like, fuck no, pass. What's the next thing? Assumingly, eventually you'll have to go there, but like right now, you can be like, "No, pass. I'm not in the hurry to do that again." Yeah, I have no interest in going to the Sons of Andromeda right now. So, like, that's sort of what information she gives you for now, so you can really think on where you do or do not want to be for now. Okay. So you sort of rest and think on that information, and uh, meet her in the morning for more. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. No, I mean you guys do what you want. Like I'm, I'm just. I mean you could talk to her about it tonight if you really wanted to. This is a matter of. Yeah, oh, my character's going to sleep. Okay. Yeah, that'd be best. Okay. Play in music. Do, 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 do. Okay. Hmm. Well, I'm gonna go read this stuff and hit the bed. Okay. So, morning comes, and you all sort of. Wake up at your own pace. I don't know. Has anybody grabbed breakfast or anything like that? Sure. I'll, I'm sure I'll grab some toast or something. Okay. And head down to... Um, I'll just drink some coffee and that's it. Lab. All right. When you get down to her her lab, the workspace has been rearranged. Okay. So a lot of the uh, like uh, clutter against the walls has been moved. The... Um, the table, like the sides have been folded down, so now it's like more of a square table instead of a rectangular table. And she has aligned speakers um, along the room, like to the, you know, sort of in a circle around the table. Um, her workstation's still intact, of course, and there's a pathway for her to get there. And sitting on the table in the center of the room is the codex. Um... She's not currently there, but as you all sort of um, file into the room, um, you do get a message over the loudspeaker from her saying she'll be be with you shortly. Thank you. You know, just kind of stand around until she comes. So I'm going to go and look over at the book. Okay. So, all right. So, again, the codex, like, imagine the outside of it, sort of like a somewhere between leather and bark. Um with the same sort of texture and stuff to it. It's like a dry white color. Um, if the sur- the surface uh, has, you know, like I said, 12 distinct symbols on it, along the same with along the binding. Um, if you open the book up, it's a lot of um, graphs, symbols, um, stuff that appears to be somewhere between geometry and trigonometry and like algebra but in a language with numbers you don't recognize uh, a lot of symbology some some sketches of you know human anatomy um, of anatomy of other creatures that aren't are you aren't immediately able to identify um, there's a lot of information for somebody that's not you in this book all right so I'll put it down and just uh, proceed to wait okay uh, not long after you put the book down um, the lift doors open and she rolls in. She goes, are we ready to talk about uh, what's next? Good morning to you too. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, 
you have to forgive me. I don't uh, have much, have company much, so my manners are a bit rusty. Uh, good morning to the, all of you. Uh, I assume you had a chance to look over the points of interest I handed you last night. Yeah, I did. I know most of them were, well, I have a general idea where most of these POIs are. Okay. Do you have any questions or... I'm here to facilitate any sort of information that um, I think is relevant to the mission you choose to undertake. So uh, feel free to discuss it and ask any questions along the way. I have a question. Okay. Uh, Mr. Daniel? The two points of interest on Chora. Mm -hmm. What can you tell me about those? Because that place is already a pain in the ass to get through. Well, um, one of which is a, a book. So it is a uh, long, outdated history book um, of only one copy remaining in the hands of a historian in one of the canopy towns on Chora. The other one is, uh, my, my coordinates are a bit vague, but I know the generalized area that would be on the surface of Chora. So, um, you know, at the base of one of the great trees. Gotcha. Well, I was that curious might, about that. Might be a good place to start if no one else has any objections. I mean, Chora is not too far from here, and as long as we keep our heads down, it's far enough away from any trouble we may have just left. Okay. Now, I will tell you, um, my knowledge on the second location in Chora is incomplete. Um, hopefully, some of the information in the um, the text you acquire will help. Um, with some of the knowledge, but um, the the one on the surface is potentially another one of the relics. Well, I don't have any better ideas. So. Okay, so Chora it is. Yes, and, and while we're gone, if you can gather some more information on the other places that you may not have much on, we'd appreciate it. Well, I can tell you this, okay? So, most of the bits here on Dromeda are additional pieces of information that I have I don't have immediate access to that would fill me in more on the location because the ultimate goal would of course be to collect the relics from both these um, these dangerous mystical um, artifacts and whatever is left from the um, shit the keepers to to sort of help they managed to push them out once before and hopefully we can ascertain some information from their artifacts to help us do it once again. So that should be the ultimate goal because there's no telling what say Drex would do if he got his hand on one of these relics. I think it'd be beneficial to, since we're here, um, you know, find something uh, Andromeda, particularly the Southern quarter where Drex is. Uh, I mean, that's, that's your call. I mean, you guys are kind of under a lot of heat right now um, from your trip here. Yeah, I think we should leave planet for a while. So then Chora it is. All right. Well, can you do Chora? I'm glad my suggestion worked out. What's that? I'm glad my suggestion worked out. So Chora it is. Um, I will upload the coordinates directly into the Mercury. Um, I have also arranged for uh, docking at all extraplanetal locations, so um, you will not be charged upon reaching each of your destinations. Um, I would, I, uh, I, however, do not have any points of contact on Chora. As you can understand, all of my information based on these locations on Chora is based on information from Dromeda, since interplanetary data communication is spotty and best i don't have a ready access to information on chora um and outside of character as each of you guys know um well some of you if you have any you know learn learned anything in history um choria chorians were a primitive race when discovered by humans when they started exploring the system Physians, um, however, were more advanced as they already had sort of air flight and sort of these things right ne like like that. But Chorians were a sentient, but very they were more primal, uh, primitive race. So there, there's not a whole lot of um, data centers on Choria, as you could imagine. They're still a very uh, 
um, spiritual people. The ones that you run into Andromeda are, are exceptions that prove the rule because if they left Choria, Chora to come to Andromeda, it's because they didn't like things on Chora. So the ones still there, assumingly, are your traditional sort of, they're very um, spiritual people. Now, the man that you say holds this uh, tome, as it were, is he a Chorin native? Yes, most certainly. Um, to my knowledge, it was last in the hands of um, a historian at one of their temples. So um, I'm sending you to the capital and start there. See if you can track this book down from there is my, is my suggestion. Now, and after right. you... After you remember, also remember, after you get on Chora, the only way to contact me will be from the Mercury. That's the only communication array strong enough to reach the distance um, with the orbital flux. So Chora doesn't have any really big cities, right? Correct. But um, it's full of dense forest. Mm-hmm. So um, that's sort of where you're at. Well, well gentlemen, I say we uh, do some prep work and uh, hit the. At the ship. All right. Well, as I could tell by uh, my security logs, you definitely made yourself at home and checked everywhere on in the building. So f- please feel free to stop uh, at the storage hold on your way up to um, grab any supplies you may need for your journey. I was going to ask: Was the ship like restocked or repaired? Um, I don't know about repaired. Uh, I don't see too many. Mr. Too Mad Scientist is going to have to worry about that. I don't remember. I don't notice too many. Uh, too much exterior damage on my scans. Um, you do have a few uh, hull uh, damages, but nothing that couldn't easily be fixed um, at on Chora. There are skilled mechanics there that would easily, you know, take care of your ship, assuming you don't run into major problems on your trip there. All right, sounds good. I guess we should get going. All right. So I think that's where we will um, wrap up this episode before we head to Chora. All right, let me pull up our sexy, sexy outro music. Yeah, I love that sound music. There we go. All right. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of The RPG Show Presents. You can be sure to check out our main show at The RPG Show, where you can listen to me, Nick, and a guest talk about RPGs or wherever the fuck we want to. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at the RPG Podcast. You can visit our home on the web at therpgshow.com. Also there, there is a link to our forum, so please join in the discussion there. I think that's about it. You can leave us a rating or review on iTunes, of course. Um, yeah, that's basically it. So until next time, all right, players, say bye, everybody. Peace. Peace. All right, hold the phone. I know you're going to change the podcast. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Good. All right. If you scroll down to your show notes, this little thing that says, leave us a rating review on iTunes. It's a little hyperlink. Fucking click that Jimmy Jank. All right. And I'll take you right on over to iTunes where you can leave us a rating and review. Uh, we prefer five stars, but if you don't think we're worth it, four stars is good too. Everything, each one counts and we love you for it. So until next time, bye everybody.